Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Save the World. And today, once again, I have to save you from sports mediocrity because um, a lot of people still mildly conflicted about soccer. At least they were a couple weeks ago when World Cup started, but now it's here and everyone's watching all the time because uh, the USA, Team USA made it out of the group stage, which is always very, very exciting. And even if it's this is the only soccer you watch, maybe every two years, Every three years, depending on Olympics, World Cup, the timing of everything. Uh, but it, it certainly, it's very, very exciting. I love it. I've been watching. I've been glued. Uh, it's like every, every Real Housewives conglomeration meeting in the same space on the same pitch. There's so much drama. There's so much intrigue. It's impossible to tell uh, at this at the very end of the group stage play, who's actually getting through, who's moving on, and uh, who sucks ween, frankly, and is getting fired. <laughs> There's only one person on earth who can navigate me through this uh, is a red-blooded American male who loves sports. He lives for it, he consumes it, and he makes it culturally relevant in special and delightful ways. Clay Travis is the founder of OutKick, and uh, Fox and OutKick now have a wonderful partnership, which is, I think, the only reason he agreed to be on this podcast. But I have to say, Clay Travis, who also has a wonderful radio show with Buck Sexton, who is my friend, it's called Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, oddly enough, uh, they do that together every single day. They're both smart, learned, curious, and they have all their bases covered from the CIA to law and the world of sports. Clay Travis, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Well, thank you. That's an incredible introduction. Um, and uh, I've been a fan of yours since the MTV beach parties back in the day, um, at, uh, <laughs> which I spent a lot of time watching. So uh, you survived that, which I think is maybe an upset. Um, and we've certainly seen a lot of upsets in the, uh, uh, in the soccer realm so far. So I will do my best to guide you as best I can uh, in any direction. But the biggest positive I would say here is uh, the United States have has advanced on. And if you are one of the people who, you know, claims to hate soccer or frankly just doesn't pay much attention to soccer, which I think is uh, a lot of people out there, uh, we're now into the knockout stage. So someone has to win every match. Uh, there are 16 teams left. We will be playing the Netherlands. Uh, on Saturday morning, and if we win, we advance to the round of eight, and then uh, you know you would win that one, go to the final four. Uh, basically, an easy way to think about it for American sports fans, or even just people who fill out brackets, is we're basically to the Sweet 16 stage if you fill out your bracket for the NCAA tournament, uh, where it's uh, win, it, win or you go home, 
16 teams left. We had a round play uh, where every team got to play three games, and there were 32 teams that started. So we have eliminated half of the teams that advanced to the World Cup in the opening round of play in the different groups. Does and, that make sense? Yeah, and and I like the upsets. I like, you know, I, I love watching the big teams. I do watch some soccer throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with who the big international stars are. I, I couldn't give you, you know, deep rosters of Premier League or anything like that, but um, I, I love watching it. I think it's an incredibly exciting sport. And the nice thing about this American team is even if you follow soccer, a lot of these players are new to most of us. So there there are so many variables here. We haven't seen them play together a lot so far. A lot of people had heard of Christian uh, Pulisic before World Cup started. But now, you know, they're getting to know some of the other players on the team and people are starting to develop their favorites. I think Matt Turner is a phenomenal goalie. Uh, we only, in, in three games, the U.S. only allowed one goal and that was a penalty kick. Um, That's right. On... Uh, the Wales guy with the man bun, Gareth Bale. Gareth um, Bale. And I think yeah. he's related to Christian Bale. I mean, they look alike. <laughs> They're both very handsome. Uh, and um, yeah, look, I, I think you're right about this U.S. team. I, I think they're incredibly likable. Uh, they are incredibly young. The other thing to think about is the U.S. has the third youngest team uh, of the 32 teams that advance to the World Cup. So what we're really building towards is next World Cup, which will be in 2026 and, and that's take here. place primarily in the United States. It's going to be in North America. There'll be games in Mexico and also Canada, but 75, 80% of all those games are going to be taking place in the United States. And so that is going to be, I think, the last World Cup we had in the United States all the way back in 1994. And so this will be, uh, America is obviously a very different country, but way more people play soccer and understand the sport. And so I think it's going to be monumental. And we're kind of playing with house money now, Kennedy, right? The goal was to get into the knockout stage with this young team, get them the opportunity to play as many games on the big stage as they could. Um, and uh, now with the Netherlands and whoever else uh, we would end up playing if we won, we're kind of in a really great spot where the pressure is limited. We're now one of the 16 to go on, but every win from here really becomes seismic because the number of people watching these games, the U.S. went to the round of eight, so we won a knockout cup uh, game back in 2002 when it was played in Korea. But we have not won a game uh, of this magnitude if we were able to beat the Netherlands in 20 years. So uh, it would be pretty seismic um, to be able to win this match. I mean, I think anything could happen, given the upsets and how truly international the sport is now. You know, even if you're if you're seeing teams you would assume don't have any great players. You're like, oh, this guy plays for Liverpool and, you know, this guy plays for Leeds. And it's like, oh, wow. They, they were like, you know, yeah, he's look. in the Bundesliga. And it's like, oh, but he's from Iran. I thought, you know, they were just wearing little dresses running around in fields, <laughs> bad-mouthing women. Well, look. And, and Which here's is what thing, someone dude. would say who has a very limited view of the world. I would not say that because I, I love all my friends and neighbors from every part of the world, Clay Travis. 
Yeah, well, that's important. But uh, I like the Iranian people, but I wish that the Iranian government would be overthrown, just like I like the Chinese people. But I wish the Chinese government would be overthrown because I'd like to see all those people be able to have freedom. And I'll get to that in a sec. But to your point, um, look, the, the great thing about the World Cup, if you are an underdog and the United States is now an underdog as we advance to the round of 16, is you can win a match one nothing and have gotten dominated but have had a great goalkeeping performance and have just happened to score on your one really good opportunity to score. So that's why you see a lot of upsets in this in in the in the soccer because unlike let's say in American football or certainly the NBA or basketball or whatever else the best team doesn't have a massive lead all the time, right? Like you can come out and win a basketball game by 30 points and it doesn't matter if somebody makes an incredible play late uh, to cut it to 25, right? Uh, and the same thing in football, if you're up 42 nothing, uh, you've taken advantage of your opportunities. Those gaps don't exist necessarily very often in soccer. And let me also say this, because you raised a good point about Iran and, and everything else. A lot of people, and this may be one of your questions down the line, uh, would say, and this was even a discussion that I saw CNN having of all places, they were comparing the U.S. women's success with the U.S. men's. Um, and where I would say soccer becomes so fascinating from a geopolitical level is, Kennedy, when the U.S. women's uh, team advances to the World Cup and you see the brackets come out, you can almost pick the winner of every World Cup match in the women's World Cup based solely on whether women have basic human rights in those countries. Um, and it doesn't get talked about enough, but the countries that allow women to have basic human rights are not just better in terms of all facets of life, but they tend to be far better in athletics because women have the opportunity to not have to play in a hijab or not, or they can actually wear shorts and they can get educations and they can go further their athletic talent while pursuing that education in college. All of these things don't happen around the world. They tend to happen for men, which is why you can be playing against, let's say, Iran. And even though it's a smaller country than us, they can have a very talented men's team. The Iranian women's soccer team, to the extent it even exists, would lose like 20 to nothing to the U.S. women because they don't have basic human rights. And that is where I would like to see uh, instead of the conversation being about, oh, the U.S. women have more success in the World Cup. Well, of course they do, because we have the luxury of human rights here. And also, frankly, a lot of the parents out there can afford to spend tens of thousands of dollars on soccer training for their daughters because of the incredible economic impact that capitalism has on our country yeah, and that's, compared to other countries that don't have those benefits. But that's, uh, you know, one of the one of the wonderful Underpinnings of capitalism is the joy of winning and the joy of success, and yep. I think those things. It's the meritocracy. Yeah, which they, is the they of go sports. they they go hand in hand. You know, the creativity and joy that comes from succeeding um, that is that is sewn into the fabric of capitalism, and that's what makes our system and our country great. It really is. It's wonderful, and it's not a zero sum game. We don't want to be the only ones who are good. We want everyone to be good. We want everyone to succeed. But in this country, to your point, when a young woman starts doing well in something, parents are like, oh, this is great. And then they they will do whatever they can, beg, borrow, or steal, shift resources to make 
certain that she has opportunities. And that that really so um, my daughters were both competitive gymnasts for a long time. And, you know, one of the other gymnastics moms, um, some of the parents would complain about the coaches or the facilities. And she was like, you guys literally have no idea how good you've got it. She said, I was in the gymnastics program in China and it was miserable. And we were training 16 hours a day. When yeah. we were six, seven, eight years old, just to see if we were good enough to get close to. And she said, there was no joy. There were no gymnastics meets. There were no parents cheering for us. There were no high fives. Uh, it was essentially like the sporting version of slave labor. And, you know, we we don't have that in our country because, you know, the desire to win, the desire to succeed isn't just a bloodthirsty, cold-hearted pursuit. It is all encompassing and everyone should embrace that because I'm sorry, it is objectively a better system. No doubt. And, and I think that's why uh, I've been disappointed when our U S women have gotten opportunities on the global stage. How much better would it have been if instead of being like Megan Rapinoe was, Oh, I refuse to go to the white house. Donald Trump is an awful human being. What if instead She had said, hey, you know, the reason why U.S. women are dominating and why our team is so great is because of capitalism and because of basic human rights, which all women all over the world should have. What if instead, I mean, this is an argument I've been making for a while, but what if instead of denigrating America on the world stage, which is her right, that's one of the great things about being an American, you get to say exactly what you think. uh, But what if she had used the success of the U.S. women as an aspirational goal to be sought by so many other uh, women and so many other young girls around the world, this could be you too if you would embrace American values of basic human rights and capitalism. Yeah, and and also to say to them, hey, guess what? This guy's probably going to be voted out of office uh, in two years. So uh, that's the luxury that we have in this country. If we don't like someone, if we disagree with them, first of all, we can talk about it. We can talk about it in public. Uh, we yep. can we can protest by and large without getting arrested, and we can kick people out of office every four years or every six years if they're senators. You know, can you do that in Iran? Can you do that in China? Can you do that in Saudi Arabia or North Korea? No, you you absolutely cannot. So you're right about that. And disagreeing with someone politically is not the worst thing in the world. It's actually uh, the result of a wonderful system and the more freedoms we should have. And, you know, that that people even like Elon Musk continue to fight for, even when it's unpopular and even when groupthink tries to bat someone like that down. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So, let's talk. Let's get back to World Cup. How yes. How far will this go in making soccer fans because it's I think they've done a really, really good job on Fox because I've watched a lot of the coverage and I think they've done a great job in 
knowing the international landscape, knowing all the players, knowing all of the the coaches and the dynamics in every part of the world, being very pro-American. I love it. And I, I love that people are unashamedly excited for their country. No one is talking about taking a knee. No one's talking about Colin Kaepernick. People, you know, and it's not like that with the Olympics. There's always controversy surrounding the Olympics. But, you know, I thought Tyler Adams had a phenomenal question the other day when he was asked about uh, how could you possibly be on the U.S. team with the history of how poorly the country has treated black people. He was asked that by a propagandist Iranian journalist. And he said, you know, one of the great things about it is we're getting better every day and we can try and we talk about it, which I thought was wonderful and amazing and a great representation. No, I thought it was a phenomenal answer. And uh, in terms of the World Cup itself, I do think Fox has done a really good job with it and where it can go and how we can grow. To me, Kennedy, what we need is what we've got, hopefully, which is an elite goal scorer. I, I, you know, Christian Pulisic is still really young. He scored the goal that put us over Iran. If he could score against the Netherlands, let's say, and put us into the round of eight and make a couple of spectacular plays in the process, I think a lot of kids, you know this, like they, they follow things based on how popular they are on Instagram or how popular they are on social media as opposed to watching games. I think it will open a lot of eyes to this idea of, oh, wow, I can grow up and be an elite level soccer player coming from the United States like Christian Pulisic is, who's from Hershey, Pennsylvania. And that can make a real difference, right, in terms of creating in, in, in conjunction with what we do in 2022, making Christian Pulisic one of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, frankly, by the time 2026 gets here because of the impact that he's had in American soccer. We've had a lot of players with talent. We never really have had that goal-scoring savant. And, you know, the Lionel Messi's or the Cristiano Ronaldo's, guys who are kind of works of art in terms of the way that they score because there is an art to goal-scoring, to putting yourself in a position to put that ball into the net. And I think Pulisic, for the first time in a very long time, has the potential to be an elite goal scorer, not just in America, but on the international stage. And we love elite talents in America, regardless of what sport they happen to represent. And I'm cautiously optimistic. There's a lot of pressure on him. He's su still super young, but that Christian Pulisic and some of his teammates can take soccer to the next level in terms of just not being a defensive juggernaut, uh, but being a team that has that artistic expression of goal-scoring excellence. Yes, well said. Bend it like Pulisic. I can see there it right go. now. So let me ask you this final question. Uh, pound for pound, between you and Buck Sexton, who is the better soccer player? Buck, I think, is the better soccer player. I was not very good in high school. But also, th this actually ties in with the, the story that I'm telling you right now. So I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and uh, nobody that I was friends with grew up playing soccer. We played basketball, we played baseball, we played football, but the South was behind in terms of, not a big surprise there, South was behind in terms of embracing soccer. So I played soccer in high school, but you could still play soccer in high school in Nashville and just decide, hey... I want to play this sport, you know, in high school, right? Which you could never do. You couldn't just pick up basketball or football very easily and be any good at it. Buck grew up in New York City. He played soccer his whole life 
way better when you start my kids. You know, I've got kids who played soccer at six, seven years old. They just have way more skill and way more talent just based on when they started. So he would he would crush me in soccer, I think. My daughter's name is Pele. And when she started playing soccer when she was a kid, I would scream her name every time she got the ball. And I sounded, uh, people I, thought you, yeah. I yeah. sounded like such a psycho. Yes. Like to this day, if I see any parents or her former coaches, they still make fun of me. And then we had a South American referee at one of our games and he pulled me aside. He said, is your daughter named after the most famous player in the world? And I said, yes, she is. And he said, I hope she always loves the beautiful game. <laughs> and I that hope I hope we all do, Clay Travis. This was awesome. We need to get you on Clay and Buck at some time uh, in the near future. But I appreciate you making the time today, and I hope people enjoyed it. Well, this has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. Thank you, Clay. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.